Warning, this episode may contain explicit language and spoilers from the entire Reordenverse. Okay, what's up guys? Welcome back to Hi. the Damn Snack Bar. This is episode 129. Joe, what's the title? The title is A White Man! No! <laughs> That's from Hazel's perspective. <laughs> because it guess is. what? This whole segment is from Hazel's perspective. It's super slay. Yeah. Super We're slay. reading chapters five to eight of Son of Neptune. Yes. What did you think, Joe? It was, it was good. So, well, actually, what I was thinking was, it's the shortest book in the whole series. Yeah. And this is the book where we're introduced to two of the most interesting characters. Yeah. And it's the shortest book. We wasted all that time yeah. on Jason, Leo, and Piper, and they suck, only to have the shortest book written about the two most interesting characters in the whole, like, other than, of course, our favourites. Yeah. But, like, in regards to new characters being introduced, they are the most interesting characters. No, but the reason that I think you, that we think they're more interesting is one because they are, but two because <laughs> <laughs> one because they are. <laughs> like when he started this book and he started in Percy's perspective, he had to have four chapters in a row because he knew we would not accept anything less than that. He being yes, Rick, absolutely. and so then every other character, every other character also has to have four chapters in a row. Mm. Whereas in Lost Cherry, we only ever got two in a row. Mm. And so when you have four in a row, it like you can like build on that a little bit easier and like get to know your character a little bit easier, rather than like over four chapters instead of over two chapters. Sure. But you're you're still agreeing with me that they are way more interesting. Yes, they are. Because look at Hazel. Hazel is taken out of a different timeline. She's back from the dead yeah. because the doors of death are open at the moment. Spoiler, yeah. if you didn't realize that. Um, and here she is, this character who's struggled through a whole bunch of hardships. She's already faced um, a giant before, and you know she was she's got her whole background of bullying and prejudice, you know, like yeah. everybody else does. <laughs> so <laughs> everybody else in this book. Um, but, and then here she is, of course, and then connected to one of our favorite characters. She's one of the big three. Yeah. She's a child of the big she, three. She's not one of the big three. Sorry. She's a child <laughs> of the big, one of the big three. So interesting. Like, yeah. I just think it's so cool. And, uh, just. And, like, extra interesting Basically, just butt her. Extra interesting her. because she's the only child of Pluto that we know. Yeah. And Pluto is a very different persona than Hades. Ooh, yeah. Whereas Neptune and Poseidon kind of seem like the same. They are. And <laughs> Jupiter and Zeus very much seem like the same. So, like, Pluto feels like a whole nother entity. He really does. And so Hazel is, is being his Like, when they talk about, very, when they talk cool. about split personalities, yeah, and sort of Zeus and hey, Zeus and um, Poseidon don't really have split personalities because there's not much yeah. difference between them. Whereas Pluto has a proper split personality. Yeah, where he's like, honestly, Hazel describes it as there's two different aspects of this realm, which is that there's the underworld and there's the dead that live, and that's what the dead that live. Wow, good job, Joe. <laughs> the living dead. The living. There's, 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 you know, the death aspect, which is what Nico represents with his controlling of skeletons, being able to yeah. commune with them, yada, yada, yada. And then there's Hazel's aspect, which is anything that's under the surface, so meaning the ground and things yeah. like that, which is the jewels and... What else does she do? <laughs> <laughs> we don't let it in this book, so we can't talk about it. Yet. Okay, but, like, she controls the riches that yeah. are buried beneath the surface 
And sure, she also has, just like Nico, there's also that slight, you know, crossover where Nico partly has the whole jewels or whatever and Hazel he doesn't really though not really but part Hazel partly has the whole dead thing but again also not really but like yeah. they're aware of it on either side but they mainly mainly they mainly focus <laughs> they mainly fo- I've had two drinks guys <laughs> they mainly focus on the like on the opposing sides and I just think that's so cool yeah and they were snubbed of a long book, a long, long book with more information. Yeah. Well, especially like because Nico and Hazel's powers are like so, so different, and they're the first children, or not the first, but they're one of the first, you know, siblings of a godly parent whose powers are so different. Mm. The only other ones that I can think of is like some of the Apollo campers, like Will, obviously has the healer stuff and he doesn't have so much of the archery and the singing stuff, whereas the other kids do. You could just say that that's. But that's even all just on, like, the Greek side. Yeah. Like, there were so many to yeah. to pick from that it was, But like, then, like, mm-hmm. even between Jason and Talia, they have very much, like, similar powers. Mm. Not completely similar because, I mean, Talia never showed any of the manipulating air kind of stuff because yeah. she was terrified of heights. Yeah. So, like, she would never try she it. Repressed yeah. She repressed that. Yeah, whereas like, Jason can you. fly and summon lightning, but he can't summon anywhere near as much lightning as Talia can because she's more powerful. Yeah, she is. And it, so it's just like, and then like, Percy doesn't have anyone to compare to except for Tyson, but the, that doesn't really count because he just has Cyclops attributes. It's not, and yeah. like Cy- Cyclops powers, Percy obviously cannot tap into any of those, but Percy oh, himself but we talk about has per- like six demigods worth of power inside him. Oh, he does. He's phenomenal. He's I can't phenomenal. even, oh, that boy. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, but when we talk about him comparing himself to Tyson, you know, Cyclops are fireproof. Yeah. You remember when they, fireproof. I had to see one direction. <laughs> you remember in um, Battle of the Labyrinth, right before he blows up, man. Battle of the Labyrinth. <laughs> Oh, okay. No, that's how I say it. Oh, okay. Say battle of the Labyrinth. <laughs> battle of the Labyrinth. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> My mouth doesn't close. You know what I'm saying. Deviant my septum. You know how they talk about, um, well, they talk about the different um, powers that Poseidon kids have. And yes. it was like, just in general, Cyclops are fireproof. And nobody yeah. really ever pointed it out. So, nobody ever really pointed it out, and now that I think about it, an aspect that he could compare with Tyson is that when they threw lava at him right before he blew up that mountain with an earthquake, yeah. because he nearly died, <laughs> <laughs> just before he lost his virginity, <laughs> you know that magical time, <laughs> right before anyone <laughs> 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 I hope that's not the case for everyone. <laughs> anyway, can you imagine? shame that's one of the two like childbirth and they say you forget it for what the i hope i do <laughs> anyway they throw lava at him and then the seal guys the seal monsters what are they yeah. called telkins telkines telkines the tel the telkines are like oh 
So it's taken a while, but we'll eventually melt off his layer of pre- of fireproof protection. So yeah. there's a comparison I've never thought about yeah. between like different powers that Percy has and how it would reflect on different beings that are connected to the Percy's part Cyclops. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well. Be related to Tyson if he didn't have some kind of gene that you know mirrored them. Yeah, because gods don't have DNA. Oh, that's right. They're still playing that card. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, but yeah, what are we talking about? Hazel. (laughs) Okay. Well, before we move on to the rest of that, I think we need to read the email that we that (gasps) we had this week. Yay! So, just the one. Yes, but it's a long one. Yay! (laughs) It's a history lesson. Oh. <laughs> okay. Guys, you know from experience, I'm not good at this. <laughs> this one says, Kate said to teach me the same thing. <laughs> Let me finish my point. I know I've been getting okay, to your <laughs> Kate said to teach me the same thing six times. It's still won't stick. Anyway, what were you going to say? <laughs> you got. So what you got. What's up, guys? Welcome to my Roman history lecture. For full disclosure, I only know this because I did five years of Latin. Ooh, for the story right. of... <laughs> Aeneas finding Rome goes back to the start of the Trojan War. Sorry, <laughs> said Erectus. <laughs> Sorry. Goes back to the start of the Trojan War. So obviously this email has come through after like our second Lost Hero episode. Like we're way oh, away. Guys, we're way ahead of you recording on. God, keep up. <laughs> we can't even release them and you're so behind. <laughs> So it says, as always, our favorite problem starter, Hera, heard a prophecy that if a Trojan survived the war, they would create the Roman Empire, decimating Greek culture. So when she found out that Aeneas, his dad, son, and a few other Trojans had escaped the city before it burned, she followed him along his journey, causing all the problems he faced along the way, including (laughs) angering Poseidon, which sounds a lot like the Odyssey. Side note, has anyone noticed that there are like three to five fan fictions about the Iliad, including Sea of Monsters? Anywho... The Aeneid uh, was written by Virgil, who Emperor Augustus wanted written because, number one, Augustus wanted a cool origin story for Rome, yeah. and two, gave the emperor god status because it revealed at, it's revealed at the end of the Aeneid uh, that he is supposedly a, de- a descendant of Aeneas, who was a son of Aphrodite. I actually recommend ro- watching Troy with Brad Pitt. <laughs> not doing that, sorry. Uh, even though there are inconsistencies from the Iliad, because the movie follows a quote-unquote historical point of view. Why would you but recommend end, if it's quote-unquote? <laughs> at the end, there's an Easter egg about Aeneas uh, that I didn't notice until last year when I watched it for the first time since finishing my Latin education. Ha 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 ha. That I totally don't regret. <laughs> Oh my god, we don't even talk about regrets and learning. Anywho, thanks for reading my Roman history lecture. Love the pod from Amber, daughter of Athena, water elementalist, as in follow follower of Tefnu. Uh, oh. from the Slytherin house. Um okay, that's too many conflicting aspects. Yes. <laughs> I know that there are different pronunciations for names for American and Australian scholars, so this is not a jab at your pronunciation, Kate. I just don't want Joe to call him Anus. His name is Anus. <laughs> I refuse. Immediately me laughing at the beginning. It's just simple. <laughs> so Anus built <laughs> God, no, worship his anus. <laughs> we have to worship all the anus. <laughs> and anus is... Testimony? I what? Like, where were you going with that? I don't know. Like, I had a funny thing in my head and then it dissolved <laughs> right before I was about to say it. Oh Has that ever happened to anybody else? 
super slay. Okay, well, thank you, Amber. Um, Cheers, Amber. For your email. If anybody else wants to send us an email, then we are Amber. at outlook.com. She's a redhead. <laughs> super slay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, maybe this episode did... Maybe the episode that she's episode. referring to hasn't come out yet because I did go into, like, a lot of the history of yeah, Aeneas. But I, yeah, I won't be watching Troy. I'm no, sorry. Brad Pitt just irks me. Guys, you know what you should do? Before you send the emails, you should tell us where you're up to. <laughs> so you know what you're, re- what you're referencing. Because fucking psych is walking away. <laughs> because because we're so you did five years of Latin. Come on, girl. <laughs> no, just because we're so much further along now. And I'm like, what are we talking about? Like, the funny thing is, they're not going to hear that statement for two months. I know. So we're going to keep getting these emails <laughs> where I'm going, where are they up to? I can't remember. <laughs> oh, well, she'll be right. <laughs> we'll figure nice. it out. But it tracks because I know they're at the Jason section no matter well, what. So I'm like. Oh. It tracks because they're not on the question. <laughs> That's what's come out. They're not there yet. No. Which is half the book. No. Literally, it took them halfway through the book oh, to leave camp. Torture. Like, Fuck's sake. Get out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> we already know about the camp. You don't need to do the same world building that you do in this. Legit! Oh, we've gone such a long tangent about that. <laughs> You're like, why does the, why does Lost Hero have such a longer intro at Camp Half-Blood? We already know what's there. I don't give a fuck. Why is this one, Son of Neptune, such a short amount of, is, um, Wow, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> See, what I think is funny is that they could have... So, the story that we read after Lost Hero, the one with the table, Buford, uh-huh. Buffett, as you call Buffett, him, they could have... His name is Buffett, I refuse. Rick could have put that into the beginning parts of the Lost Hero as part of his world building. So, if Leo was going away to find Happy the Dragon, he could have also found Bunker 9 and then at the same time had something or like instead of finding the table he could have found bunker nine and then had to go into the woods to find the dragon because he can see that that's where the dragon lives right so he enlists the help of piper and jason and then on the way to find the dragon they run into the maynads that could have been a bit of world building to introduce um bunker nine and to introduce the dragon that was still at camp that made that scene like more yeah they could have done that. So while while Once Leo's again, off finding Festus, Piper and Jason are the ones who run into the Maynards and one of them has to decide to be Mr. D without n- ever having met him and without, you know, that's, you know what I mean? I was say, like, and just once again, once again, Leo is driving the plot. <laughs> yeah. No matter what. And so, like, Jason could have done it and that could have been a way for, like, Jason to be like, oh, I don't know Dionysus, but I kind of understand things about... Batches, so I'm just gonna like cosplay as Batches, and then the maidens will go, That's wrong. Yeah, and then the implants like, See, Rick, hire me. I could have ghostwritten this for you. Honestly. Your person did shit, honestly. And then it wouldn't have made the stuff at camp so fucking boring. We could have had some more. It was like, so dull. It was, well, the reason because it was dull is because it was reteaching us something we already know. Why do you think I hated algebra? <laughs> that <laughs> and the episode that we did about Buffett was my favorite episode of The Lost Hero because that's where we talked about Chiron in his canoe. <laughs> Fucking Chiron. Useless fuck. (laughs) I don't even remember what the context was of him in his canoe, but all I remember is that would he sit in the canoe or would it be like a Flintstones canoe where his legs are out the bottom? (laughs) But those are the swan ones that go on the lake where you pedal and it's got little feet. I can't remember what we were like referencing, but anyway. Neither. So yeah, that's my contribution. I don't think it should have been a story. I should think it should have been at the beginning of Lost Hero. Mm. 
instead of all the shit with like hypnos or something. Okay, so Joe, do you want to sing a little recap song for me, please? Riser took a sip. You asked that. <laughs> is a recap and it's all a recap. Amazing. And then, can you do the recap for me? <laughs> okay. Am I doing? Yeah, the, the whole first two? no, the whole four. All, all in one. Show. Sure. Because I don't have. Oh, I've only got one thing that I like have notes on. Oh, badges. Spoilies. Sorry, that's my dad. Yes, but can you please? Or I should say, that's my dad's alter ego. <laughs> Hazel's point of view, chapters five to eight. Sorry, I'll just double down on that statement. Um, that's my dad's alter ego. I am definitely Greek. I am not Roman. <laughs> I am not military inclined. No way. I'm a free spirit. Refuse. Don't follow people's rules. You tell me to do something, get fucked. Um, I'm not doing it. <laughs> nice. Manipulate me into doing it. I'll eventually do it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so what happens in these chapters? All four chapters that we did today are um, Hazel chapters from her point of view, and we find out the history of Hazel, which her history goes back really far, like really, really far. What year was she born in? <laughs> I don't remember what year she was born, but she was like, alive in the 1940s. I was like, I didn't actually fact check it. But yeah, okay, so she was alive in the 1940s. She died. She died. <laughs> she she died in the 1950s. I'm Googling it for you. Please, and thank you. God, I'd hate for somebody to be like, just give it and fact check me. I'd rather you just say that, not a stranger. <laughs> You can keep talking while I'm Googling. Oh, sorry. I just, I like, I need it to continue because otherwise my brain won't work. Oh, God. I just Fuck feel... off, ads. Can't see anything. Go away. Her early life. Come here. She was born in 1928. And she died? Then she died the first time. <laughs> Wait, well, the only time. So far. She'll eventually die of old age. <laughs> well, what, she was 13 or something? So 28, she died in with the early 40s. She, yeah, she would have died in mid to early 1940s. Anyway, she grew up in New Orleans, as we found out. Her mother was a gypsy, fake one. Yeah, she knew it was all hocus pocus, but she accidentally summoned a spirit. And the spirit that she summoned was, spoiler, Pluto. And that was the only spirit she ever did. Pluto fell in love, in love, um, with her personality, I guess. <laughs> and was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to make a child with you. Guys, because guess what? When you when two uh, people love each other very much. <laughs> I have a question. What? Did he? Did he what? Did he fall in love? I don't know, but he definitely had sex because, with her because that's how kids work. <laughs> well, the vibes, the vibes of the conversation that he has with Hazel in the flashback is that she, is that Marie summoned him, okay? And when you summon a spirit... There, it's kind of like control it. It's yeah. kind of like the genie in a bottle thing. When you summon a spirit, they can't leave the summoning space most of the time, and so oh. then she asked something of him. So I don't think they were actually together. Together, I think he just like you know like brain baby in the same way that like Athena kids did, yes. and so like she wished was... for endless riches, and in return, yeah, Leo granted her Hazel. Which I don't think he was in love with her. Who could summon riches? I think it was. I'm going to give you this. And then it was an obligated protection kind of thing after that. Because Hazel was his as yeah. well. Interesting. I like that. That was the impression that I got. That's I didn't, a different I didn't take. think he was ever in love with her. 
Because he was coming right off the back of Nico and Bianca and fucking Trier at this point. Okay, no. He's Pluto. We just established earlier that they're two very different entities. But it's the same time period. True. It's the same time period <laughs> and he's he's not concentrating because of the war and the fact that it's being blamed on him right now. Because, yeah. And I, st- I don't agree with this at all, and I hate this is put in there. Rick says that he looks like Hitler. <gasps> that hurt my feelings I was so literally, much. Literally. Like, it's not necessary. That is so unnecessary. You do not need to do that. Stop. Just like, once again, like, doing that. doubling down on this statement um, that he made books and books and years and um, years yeah. ago. And he just said he it again. He can't he even remember Frank's age. And that, yeah, here he is being like, no, for sure. That is what, that's what evil people are. Why are you labeling this one person as the most evil person that we know in our history? Like, what? What? <laughs> Anyway, keep going with your Fuck me. Brain baby Hazel. Yes, uh, keep going. We should say guilt trip Hazel. <laughs> or obligation Hazel. I feel bad for this girl. Man, she's got a lot of burden. <laughs> oh, she really does. On her shoulder. Anyway, just the one shoulder apparently, not two shoulders. <laughs> Come on, Joanna. Okay. Yes, so we get a kick back into her history which is yes she grew up in um 1940s 1940s new orleans then she was um and her mother is going through some difficult times as is she in reflection of it which is that um they're going through poverty and bullying and harassment and prejudice um and that's all in the past and we find that out which is it <laughs> Well, like, this specific yeah. memory is associated with it. Of course, it is brought into the future as well. We, they, nobody in the world has gotten over it yet, which is ridiculous. Because yeah. what? We're in the 21st century. Are we in the 21st still? Yes. Wow, I can't still. believe I just asked that. <laughs> My brain was like, surely we're in the 22nd because we're in the teens. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was my train of thought. Yes, there is a new century every 10 years. <laughs> yep. Good job, Joe. You're going to leave that in, and that's going to hurt my feelings. You don't listen to them anyway. Yeah, but other people do, and now they know how stupid I am. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> Good fun stuff. <laughs> Where was I going with this? You're this just is why I don't do the recaps. Okay. Okay. But they're fun. All right. So we find all this in an accident. We, we find out all this information in an accidental blast from the past moment that Hazel has during a conversation with Nico where they're trying to figure out what to do in modern day times. We find out that Nico brought Hazel back from the underworld when he was on a trip down there to look for Bianca because while the doors of death were open, he was looking for Bianca to bring her back into real life, but she instead chose to be reborn uh, instead of staying a ghost in paradise ghost land. What's it called? Elysium. Elysium. My brain always calls it Elzyme, and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> I read it, and my brain goes, Elzyme. Yep, that's it. That's close. Elysium. And so, as a consolation prize, which is, again, devastating. <laughs> like, what a horror, what a wow. terrible thing to be. <laughs> devastating. Hazel was Nico's consolation prize, and a new sister that he's acquired. He brought her, we, t- we find out that Nico brought Hazel to camp. Hazel's been there for a while, a, a little while now. She earned her stripe um, within the Roman camp by rescuing Dakota, her 
Centurion. 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 Uh, from a unicorn stampede. Um, and I don't know how to segue this into the next point, but <laughs> it then uh, goes on to them lining up in their one, two, three cohorts, lining up in their cohorts. <laughs> in their one, two, three cohorts. Well, I had to, I was, I know, I was I like, know. one, two, three, four, five cohorts. Hazel and Frank are in the fifth cohort. The shitty cohort. Commonly known as the disgraced cohort because they don't have their fancy magical eagle on a pole that they carry around. Which is so fucking dumb. God, it doesn't do anything. It's just a golden it does, eagle. It does do stuff. It doesn't. It doesn't anything. It doesn't right now. It's <laughs> It sounds like they carried a lump of gold on a piece of sti- on a stick and were like, "Look, look at what it does!" Yeah, but gold is a fantastic conductor of electricity, <laughs> and it creates electricity when things go awry. Science, <laughs> anyway. And so we travel on down to this section in the book, and it's the question of which cohort will Percy go into. Hazel speaks for him and invites Percy into the fifth cohort, commonly known as the as the shitty cohort. Yeah. And Percy's like, "Hell yeah, I'm the underdog. Let's let's bring these guys to shine. Let's fucking do it." He's all gassed up for it. We find out that Frank is neither dyslexic nor ADHD. <laughs> this is just made he away is from this lactose sentence. intolerant, and he loves ice cream. <laughs> and it's a depressing time for Frank. And honestly, I was cackling in bed while I was reading. <laughs> This. <laughs> I've read it before, but it's funny every time. <laughs> Just his defeated. <laughs> so funny every time. And then the chapters end on the horn being blown for the war games to start. So we don't quite make it to the war games, which is so fun. Um, but that's in the next segment. Yeah. Was that at all coherent? It was. Slay. It was. It was coherent enough that we don't need to go through point by point point the, by the episode. We can just, like, talk about stuff that we liked. Great. Lactose intolerant, Frank. Poor Frank. I refuse to not. That's so fucking funny. And Rick plays that out through the whole series. He's like, everybody's there eating their lovely ice creams, and Frank is eating an apple. <laughs> have sorbet you know? like he could but he they go to italy spoiler <laughs> oh lol so funny okay so the first things that i wanted to talk about can i just say your notebook section. what is so funny to me is that it's literally thingies on the front and i'm like wow you can definitely tell we're doing mythology stuff because it's a statue of somebody <laughs> um dickhead that's why i bought it Sure, but for I'm, this reason, I'm pretty dead in it. Okay, I was like, I've been using this since since the beginning. No, I know. No, not since the beginning. Right. I've been using this since the last Kane book. Yeah, and you've only just no, I noticed it before, but I just never pointed it out because you'd always jump straight <laughs> straight in, and I was like, well, it's not interrupt. Yeah, correct. Well, the first thing that I wanted to, like, touch on was the fact that Nico is in this book, okay? And that he's in this section. Because, obviously, we saw him at the end of last episode, but we didn't get to, like, talk to him, talk to him. Oh, there's so much trauma to unfold. I love it. (laughs) So, it's just the way that Hazel explains Nico in the beginning of this book. Oh, my God! so funny to me. 
She says, Nico was more dangerous than Raina or Octavian or maybe even Jason. And then she'd met Percy. Oh. I love it so much. You know, what you know how we talked about is the phrase that you've brought back into my vocabulary, which is slutty little waste. <laughs> Percy has one. <laughs> no, just... he's chonk chonk. Uh-uh. He's jockey boy. Percy? Yes. He's Henry Cowell? No, I don't imagine that. I imagine him as a surfer with a slutty little waist. No. I imagine him, like, yeah, a surfer who works out, sure, but, like, a surfer nonetheless. No, I imagine him as, like, a short king wrestler like Peter. No, I imagine him as a swimmer. No. Okay. Or a basketball No, they player. look like you could blow them over from the legs, from, like, the belly button down. Swimmer or a basketball player, that's how I imagine him. Because Annabeth always said he's tall, and I imagine Annabeth is 5'11". <laughs> so, oh, no, okay, no. There is an ongoing meme that, remember in the first book, when they went to Procrustes, and he either stretches you to six feet or he cuts you off Yeah. to mash six feet? Uh-huh. Annabeth lies down, and he says, you're perfect, we don't need to change anything. As a 12-year-old, she's six foot. Sly! I fucking love that! Dominoes! <laughs> <laughs> fucking ginormous! I love fucking gigantor by the time we get to. But like, I legit, I legit unironically imagined her as like a tall sporting person. <laughs> like, there's this, um, there's this TikTok chicky who, her whole for you page is her just going on runs, whether it's on a treadmill or out in the wilderness, and she's hilarious. Um, but she's like, tall and muscular and i'm like yeah that's annabeth <laughs> i'm like yeah in my mind that's i mean she's also blonde that helps but i'm like yeah that's annabeth absolutely tall you know big defined shoulders and like all the biceps you could want in the world biceps triceps arms shoulders right. you could want in the world and she can run for hours and i'm like oh, that's annabeth <laughs> the, the only certified <laughs> like tall person that I who, who I like recognize as a tall person that I follow on TikTok is Maddie Lucy Dan because she's a certified long boy she is she's a footy player no oh, no 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 she's um the Olympian no oh I've forgotten her name it starts with an I no but Maddie Lucy Dan is a British like comedian she's also a nurse she's got like short red hair plays a lot of netball oh you've told me about her but she's I can't hilarious her. i love her no i've had a, i've seen another one i think she's <laughs> i've seen a i've seen another one and she's like a rugby player yes i know who you're talking about yeah she, she's, she's like, got a very deep voice she petitions she, to play athena, athena in the show yeah which and i, I was like support. queen do it i don't remember her name i'm pretty sure it starts with i it's anyway, like or she was so no. funny and she's gorgeous I just, I remember one of the videos she got really popular for is that um, she posted a video of her looking absolutely fucking gorgeous in this satin dress and she got a comment that was like, why are your boobs, why is one boob bigger than the other? And she was like, that's because they're real. <laughs> and I was like, play queen, you get it. Because they're real, guys. They don't match. They're sisters. Sometimes they're cousins. They're not twins. <laughs> Same with eyebrows. <laughs> I'm looking it up because I don't remember her name. Ilona. Yeah, Ilona. Ilona Mayer. So funny. May, May, Mayer. I love her. And you're than I. She's hilarious. She's hilarious. We love. She's the best. She's sexy as. Love her. I'm pretty sure she's actually out on an injury at the moment, so she can't play. Bugger. Yeah. And I think that they were trying to qualify for the Olympics, and I don't think she can go. Aww. Yeah. Awful. Why did I think she was New Zealand? <coughs> no, she's American. I thought she was Kiwi for a little while. 
I guess. I think no. it was the hats. My brain was like, you're wearing a bucket hat. Obviously, you're Australian. No, anyway, <laughs> so to get back to what Hazel was saying, she said that, uh, and then she met Percy, and then she goes on to say uh, she thought he might have been a god in disguise. Mm-hmm. And Slaps. I love that that's her first impression of him because he just gives off an air of being, like, so yeah, an aura. powerful. People say that, and it's fucking true. I can, I yeah. just know. Like, half the reason people are intimidated was is because of his natural resting face, yeah. which is brooding or whatever, but he gives off a vibe. You can sense vibes yeah and so that the fact that her ranking of most powerful demigods she's met at the moment goes percy then nico then jason then reina then octavian that's her that's her ranking at the moment yes reina's up there too i love that it's just authority that she gives off her authority her authority is that how that sounded oops her authority but then i was like i just needed to i think it's important to make the distinction of who the most powerful big three kids are okay because it goes percy Mm -hmm. then nico Mm -hmm. then hazel Mm -hmm. then talia Mm -hmm. then jason Mm -hmm. and for bianca we don't know where she would have sat in the list because she died before her time she died and she just like talia did sold herself off to be in the Artemis Hunters. Yeah. I personally feel like she probably would have been at the same level as Talia. I don't like that phrase, but she literally gave up her power to be part of the gang. Yeah. And it was like, it was a choice and she was happy with it, sure, but the potential to be... But just the fact that, like, Jason is the bottom of everybody's list. Literally His boy can do nothing. He's really not good. He's not. He's not. And, and I also love that, like... Medi- he's only a step above mediocre, and the only reason he's a step above is because because of his dad. Yeah. Like, if he if he was a child of, say, Apollo, he would just be a regular person. <laughs> like, maybe even below, because <laughs> man has no critical thinking. He just... <laughs> neither does Apollo, you can argue. <laughs> <laughs> so it fits. He just takes after his dad. <laughs> like, no, seriously. but then I love when we get to, like... When Percy leaves the conversation and it's just Nico and Hazel there and they go up on top of the Pluto temple and they're up there and there's a bunch of stones, whatever. And she's talking to Nico and says, you know who he is? And Nico says, well, I can't. There are things that I can't tell you and things that I can't say, blah, 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 blah. But then when she says, you know who he is, he then says, he just says Percy's name. He says, Percy Jackson. And Hazel Hazel notes that... He said the name like an incantation. Whoa. And my only note was, stop! That's gay! Because, <laughs> yeah, Nico be being lustful. Not here's lustful, but he definitely here's is like, the thing, though, you know, it's, it's, wistful. Sorry, but I was going to say, here's the thing, is that it's only it's only three quarters gay. There's a quarter of it where everybody would say Percy's name like yeah. that. Because it's like, I wager more than a quarter. <laughs> Well, okay, well then half. It's half gay. I think that a very small portion of it is that's gay. <laughs> like, that's in the actual, like, bottom of Nico's radar. And he actually, like, a lot of it is still just, like, role model Percy Jackson. Like, this is the legend of Percy Jackson. I still just, I still just love the end of Heroes of Olympus. God, I wonder how Percy's gonna survive at the Roman camp. Everybody be like, he'll, he'll be fine. At the end of Heroes of Olympus. What did I say? I meant Lost Hero. Sorry, guys. <laughs> At the end of Lost Hero, Jason being like, I don't know how he's going to do it. This big, scary Roman camp. And then they being like, it's Percy. He'll be fine. He'll be like, I'm worried. We fear for the Romans. Yeah. Like, we fear for the Romans. He's going to fuck that shit up. As Acc- they should when we see in the next <laughs> next episode but like, next week. Accidentally. He's going to do it not on purpose. He's yeah. just going to be himself and he's going to fuck shit up. Because that's what Percy does. 
Yeah. He doesn't need to. <laughs> just remind me of, like, <laughs> Jason, you know, if Jason's there being like, oh, my God, like, everybody should be so worried, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm just seeing it as, like, a TikTok in my head of the rest of the camp just turning around and it being, um, oh, what is his name? Oh, oh it's going to hurt her brain, guys. Ooh, out for the count. Too legit. Stop it! I can't put it. <laughs> you put it in my head. Where's that even from? I don't know. Oh, I'm thinking of um, the like. I'm just thinking of everybody in the camp turning around to Jason and being uh, that one little clip of John Cena sticking his head through something and being like, "Are you sure about that?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's all I was thinking. <laughs> Or just anytime anybody says something ludicrous and the people around them, not saying the words physically, but their expressions all saying, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> just being like, no. Yeah. So then obviously when we get into the next part and like she's in the middle of this important conversation with Nico where he's giving nothing away and we love that for him. Oh, I love him so I can't, I can't get she out of my head. Yeah. yeah. I can't get out of my head your description of him, which is so beyond accurate which is that he just has to win he doesn't have to brag about it but he just has to win internally for himself he i can't just, wait for you to read the sun and the star <laughs> but like just the, just the, i don't have to brag about it i don't brag i don't have to brag about it anyway i just have to know myself that i beat them to it <laughs> i know more than you in my head <laughs> like, he just has that air of authority because yeah. he knew more than you that's so nico and i can't so funny yeah. Anyway, Hazel passes out. Yeah, she passes out in the middle of this important conversation, and we get that. What was the trigger obviously. that passed her, made her pass out? Um, I think it was something about um being in the underworld, or you know, it was the the fact that Nico almost called her Bianca. Oh, devastating! And so then she was thinking about her being dead, you know, because Bianca's dead. What I find sad though is that because of that interaction, Hazel, anytime. <laughs> Anytime Nico shows affection towards Hazel, she's constantly questioning in her head. She's going, did he used to do that with Bianca and am I just a substitute? That is painful. But we find out that the reason why she's doing that is not just because of an insecurity with Nico. It's because she's never been shown affection from a family member ever in her life. Like, Marie saw as a transaction for her entire childhood and... Like, we see that in the, the flashback. Because the flashback starts off with her celebrating her birthday with her best friend slash love interest at the time, mm-hmm. Sammy. And we don't know Sammy's last name. We just know he's called Sammy. We just know he's called Sammy. And he, like, steals a horse for her and they go for a little picnic, whatever. But then that scene is completely overshadowed. Sammy or Sammy? Sammy. Oh, okay. Sammy. I just Sammy. Say, I just say Sammy. Like I've salmon. never said Sammy. Like salmon. I said no, Sammy. Sammy. Samantha. Sammy. It's a boy! But like, Samuel. Samuel. Salmon. Sammy. Why did your voice get like low? I don't know. I was just curious. Well, because <laughs> you'd be like, Sammy. But like, Salmon. <laughs> Samuel. Well, you know how some people pronounce things differently? Or like, I mean, let's be real, I pronounce things different to people all the time. Like anus. <laughs> either. People say either, and I'm like, mm. Let's eat up. <laughs> Anywho. 
So anyway, that scene is like completely overshadowed by her arriving back home and like listening in on her mom and whatever else. And, you know, we get to know about her curse and about everything. And then obviously Pluto shows up and she realizes that this white man is her dad. (laughs) She honestly, I fucking love, it's literally, she feels like betrayed. But like in, in a chap, in a whole chapter, she's like this white boy and this white boy. So many white boys in my life. Literally. (laughs) So fucking funny. Literally, yeah. Oh. And then when I was, like, reading it, my brain was like, oh, my God, does that mean that Hazel isn't actually black, that she's actually, like, mixed race? But then I was like, wait, no, hang on, they gods don't have DNA. She's just completely black, mm. you know. It's just what it is. And so, yeah, we get to know all of that. <laughs> and in – so what I was thinking the whole time is that Queen Marie gives off pageant mum vibes. Like, she very much is just, like, you know, uses Hazel for her own show and – um used her as like a way to make money and when it didn't work she like blamed hazel for the for that not the fact that she like made this Mm, wish that that she put hazel in that position yeah and then just the contrast of pluto being like actually like genuinely sorry for her he gives off the vibe of when genie is uh trapped in his bargain with, or not bargain, but in his contract with um jafar and he's like you know really sad that's what pluto gives off and then Marine's just in the corner, like, ah! you know. So, Marine's Jafar and Correct, yes. Pluto's Genie. Correct, yes. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's overtaken with her greed, just like Jafar was, and wanting to be a sorcerer and a sultan. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, so this in this section, we get to, like, in this flashback, we get to see that Hazel knows that her summoning or not summoning but just like her appearing of um precious like metals and stones and stuff is seen as a curse by marie because it's brought them so much bad luck Mm. and hazel herself says that it's a curse and that you know she's has been excited to meet percy because she was told by pluto in this scene that a child of Neptune would wash away her curse a descendant a descendant of Neptune I like to point that out because it's not a child it's a descendant and we found out because of the romans that there are such things as descendants yeah like in the greek culture there isn't because they all died too early (laughs) shit at his job shit at his job (laughs) how many times can we bash chiron in every episode i should keep a counter (laughs) honestly but like i i really like to point that out because yes while percy is a son of Poseidon, aka may a child of Neptune. Not really. Well, we're really they're the same person. Let's be real. Because you know they Poseidon, <laughs> Neptune, Neptune. <laughs> Lol. I like. You know, we talked about Zeus. It doesn't really have much difference between um, Jupiter, and it was like, well, Neptune doesn't really have much between Poseidon because the Romans didn't want him, so he didn't really exist within yeah. the Romans. So there wasn't much change. They feared the water like cats. Honestly. <laughs> and they also fear horses like cats. Do cats fear horses? Well, some are skittish, just around such large animals. Or do horses fear cats? Might be a bit of both. They're just not really friends with each other. <laughs> it also makes zero sense to me that the Romans didn't utilise horses and that they didn't like horses. Yeah, cavalry. Why would you not? They're a military. Like... When I think about things like, you know... They called them barbarians if you rode a horse. What? That makes no sense because if you're such a militaristic, you know, 
if you have that outlook on life and so you're like used to going to war that the, being on a horse gives you an advantage also it's a way of traveling without yeah hurting your feet <laughs> so it makes like no sense and they've got unicorns that is so fantastically close to a fucking horse Raina <laughs> has a pegasus mm-hmm. like it's a horse with wings mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking it's named skippy <laughs> which is so cute yeah. Well, and that's another thing but that it just I like makes, it makes zero sense because when i think of like an army moving on something i always it. i always think of the battle scene in prince caspian the movie oh. they literally have cavalry lines like they're the first ones to go because they have the height advantage and the speed advantage blah 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 blah. but then i think of game of thrones every single fucking person in game of thrones is riding a fucking horse mm-hmm. okay it's just helpful yeah honestly the prices of horses <laughs> We're going good when Game of Thrones was happening. Um, no, but oh, they I actually didn't use all that many. They maybe used like fifteen, and then they just repeat the shot to make it look bigger. But what I find really, yeah, what I find really twenty times funny is that Raina looks down on cavalry, but here she is constantly riding her Pegasus. I'm like, you hypocritical bitch! <laughs> you get down and walk around and see how powerful you feel. She's like, I'll have my dogs in my heel, and be like, yeah, but you won't be riding your Pegasus. So shop. <laughs> Yeah. Anywho, who are we going with that? It was just on the topic of horses. No, but I was talking about all of um, the the precious metals and stuff because all I could think of, yes, it is raining. All I could think of in this whole scene, and then later when she wakes back up and she like trips over a bit of metal (laughs) when she's running, and I'm like, that looks so dumb in my head. But she like (laughs) to make the metal go away. (laughs) <laughs> to make the metal go away, she like bends it into like a donut shape and then just like frisbees it back into the ground and plunges it like so deep into the ground. And all I could think of the whole time was just metal bender top vibes. Oh, yeah! I absolutely. Well, oh, because specifically it's described that she points at the metal. So my brain was going, oh, she is doing some taekwondo. I pictured taekwondo. Water, I, predi- I pictured water bending. So I was like, taekwondo, she's getting down and she's, what's going? The coffee drink. Yeah, this, she's like, what's going? The metal into the ground because it makes like a donut like spinning and so that yeah. it drills into the ground super fast and then leaves a scar i was like she just did some absolute boss moves to get that yeah. shit down that didn't sound right <laughs> no but just the fact that she was like i haven't really tried this much like she's used to it appearing but then she's not used yeah. to like making it go away again and so when she's like talking about how she got her first stripe and how she redirected the unicorns away from Dakota because she felt the metal in their horns and just moved the metal. She was like, off you go. I very much was just like, oh my god, she would be so powerful in the world of Avatar, the last Airbender. Be so great. Literally. Amazing. Amazing. Because you can technically count iron as a precious metal. Can you? Well, if you go down the list, you could get down to even the lowest. But how far until it's no longer precious? <laughs> yeah, but, like, you could go down the list and you could, of, like, metals that they consider or precious gems that they consider, and it would be, like, you'd have to get all the way down to, like, aluminium. 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 But call it that fancy name, and I'd be like, I can control it because it has a fancy name. Aluminium. <laughs> That would be me. <laughs> I'd be like, all the metals, who gives a fuck? It all come- Why is it just precious metal? All metal comes from the earth. She technically should be yeah, be able to control all metal. I guess the more pressured, precious it is, the more powerful it is. I get the impression that she can control all metal. So she just chooses not to. 
Well, technically, in these books, in this book specifically, she's not trying to control the yeah. metal. It just pops up and she's like, she's, fuck off! She's like, it's cursed! She's like, go away! <laughs> it's cursed! <laughs> she's like, leave me alone! Go yeah. on! Oh, it's <laughs> But I wonder if it was actually ever cursed or if she just thinks it's cursed yeah, that because is. it brought... Because her mother was trying to use it when it wasn't her mother's. It's hers. Yeah. And then I wonder if she thinks it's cursed now because it reminds her of what she did in Alaska all those years ago. Mm. And so she's believing that it's cursed, but it's actually not. I do wonder that, That question will be answered later in the book. <laughs> I did always wonder that too, though, is that, <coughs> yeah, was it all in her head? And is that, you know, again, because rumours have an effect on people and... Yeah being talked about negatively behind someone's back has an effect on someone and then you start to question things and then yeah. you get anxious and then you start micro-analyzing everything. And was it, was it actually, was every piece of gold that even Marie sold, not Marie, what was her name? Marie. It was Marie. Okay, so um, was every piece of gold that, or a precious gem or metal, whatever, that Marie sold, was all of it cursed or was it just one or two people that had bad luck after they happened to do something because you know humans are stupid they did something stupid with their winnings that they got and of course needed someone to blame and so they blamed it on marie and then marie blamed needed someone to blame so she blamed it on hazel and hazel being a child and no one to blame it on so she was like well i guess i suck <laughs> was like hey hmm. i i fully believe that I'm fully on the train of thought that, yeah, it was all rumours and it was all in her head and it was all just a bunch of aggression thrown upon her that she didn't know how to process because she was a baby when it... She was like a, a little... She was a little kid when it happened. Yeah. Her brain wasn't fully developed. Our brains don't stop developing until we're like 20. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I had a note about the next bit when they go to the, the meeting, you know, to see if Percy's been accepted, whatever. And before Hazel stands up for him and vouches for him, I am confused as to why nobody in the first, second, third or fourth cohort wanted Percy. Just Legit. purely based on his absolute display of power upon coming into camp. Like, I because it, it, was it seems like Neptune thing. But you can have... That doesn't make any sense to me because you can have... Any like you didn't have to be there, and any demigod or any person in the cohort can vouch for that person. And just the fact that he was carrying a goddess, and this camp never sees the gods or goddesses; they never come to this camp. It is like mm -hmm. a huge deal. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that he was carrying one, and Hazel says in her brain, like that should be like his. She's like that should be enough. That's his letter of recommendation. Like, that should surely be enough. And so it makes no sense that nobody in the first, second, third, or fourth wanted him at all. It may just like, mean... the gracious stuff aside, the Neptune stuff aside, that is a powerful demigod. Yeah. I don't care your prejudices. Why don't you want him? But it makes no sense. You know when they talk about how people that are in armies mm -hmm. are more on the brainless side? <laughs> stupid, 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 stupid. I'm, I'm not like, stupid. I'm not explaining this right, but... But they're not, they're not made to branch out. And then, as, like, they're not made to be, like, we're going to be the people to make the change. They're made to follow orders. Right. And that's what, 
that's what commanders like about soldiers is that mm. they follow orders to a T. Yeah. Yeah. Which means they have to baby everything down, whatever. But they're just not built in a way to, you know, think for themselves and think about bigger and better things. Here is Frank and Hazel, two people that have stepped out multiple times to be like, no, no, we know something's wrong. We recognize this. Yeah. Um, the only two people, both brand new to the camp, (laughs) brand spanking new to the camp, stepping out and making these points and welcoming Percy in. I understand why Percy would be like, thank God they vouched for me because I don't want to be with these squares. Like, they're boring as fuck. (laughs) I want to be with the people who have some personality. (laughs) But I don't know where my point's ending. But I feel like I've made it already. <laughs> I'm just also like a little bit confused because if nobody like vouches for them, what do they do with this powerful demigod? Do they just cast them out of camp? They're not allowed in. Doesn't really make any sense. I guess Raina decides. And see, my brain, my brain goes, why does somebody have to vouch for it? Wouldn't you just put him in the cohort that's like the smallest to try and even them out? That's not my brain. Because it's all popularity contest stuff. It doesn't make any sense. Well, because when I think of... Camp Jupiter makes less sense than fucking... What do you call it? Half-Blood. (laughs) Half-Blood. The Greeks. (laughs) Those guys. The Greatest. The good ones. (laughs) Well, when I... Like, because, like, when I think of, like, school, we were... Shul. We were put into houses, um, you know, like the green, purple, and yellow, and red. Oh, this will be something that Americans don't understand. Yeah, go on. Oh, is it not a thing in America? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, you put into um, houses. Yeah, literally like Hogwarts, guys. Guys, yeah, you're split into different houses, but you're not chosen. It's like you do it. There's to, no sorting out ceremony. There's no sorting out ceremony, but you're put into different um, cheer houses to. This this sports houses. Sports. Yeah. That's a better term for it. Oh, uh, academics do apply to it sometimes. That's Not how really. that's how our house did all right. Is that we were Not we were really. the more ac- well in my year eleven and twelve. It was the academics that made us almost win because we had a bunch oh. of nerds in our one. <laughs> we <laughs> fucking nerds. I was not one of them. Nor was I a sporty kid. I was just there. Yeah. No, they're literally just like. It depends on how big the school is, but our school had four houses, and on your sports days, like your swimming carnival day, your athletics carnival day, cross country carnival day, and your dance day. <laughs> no, because we do dance, kids. <laughs> then your houses you gotta, would compete you for houses compete for cups and for trophies and you know general points towards the. End winning and yeah. school trophy basically to which be the, top the red house, house always won fuckers because they had all the sporty kids yeah it they fucking sucked anyway. and so yeah by the t- like they academics wasn't a part of it when i was there for my first couple of years it was only like my last two senior years that academics was a huge part of it for my my probably experience. because they were sick of rice winning all the time rice was always winning it, because they had all the sporty kids, yeah. and because because I you just put what, into the same house that whatever your family members. Are from. I was gonna, and a lot of the time, and of course, when a new family came, that's when it sort of set in that it was going. When a new family came, where are the we, numbers needed? Yeah, where is it? Where which house is the smallest? Okay, well we'll put them in that house because we can't have one house that's got a thousand people in it and another house that's got three hundred. That's that's yeah, no good for anybody. So, like, but, like, that's what my brain thought when it came to this Percy choosing a cohort. Which cohort's the smallest? Put all the new recruits in the smallest cohort because 
we gotta even them out. We can't have we we can't have uneven ranks. Yeah, we can't have a six hundred strong rank and then only forty kids. <laughs> no, but that's exactly what it is at Rome. Like the first and second are like the biggest. It's like with the Hunger Games. Your you know districts one and two that's are stupid. huge, and then twelve is like tiny. That's so dumb, though. Yes, correct. I'm not questioning that. Yeah. But, anyway, so, so what I mean, in there. my my moral of the story is you you ask moral of the moral of the tangent is you ask what were they going to do with Percy? My brain would go to they would put him in the smallest cohort anyway, right? Just try to beef up the ranks. Anyway. I think they actually would just kick him out. He'd be like, kick him out. It's the stupidest side quest ever. Okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> You'd be like, yes, I'm going to the ocean. Fuck all yeah. y'all. Do I get to try again next year? Is this Baywatch? <laughs> is this trial? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so then they leave there and they go to dinner, and Dakota is sitting with them as they're like finding about finding out about a bunch Dakota's of stuff. Dakota's my cousin brother. Well, Dakota is a son of um, Bacchus, and I there are actually some different things about Bacchus than about Dionysus. Well, my cousin. So <laughs> I just thought that I would tell you what they are. So he's still the Roman god of wine and bringer of ecstasies and inducer of frenzied states um, of creativity and religious devotion. I'm sorry, bringer of ecstasies? Yes, he is literally just a, a cult leader. Um, sometimes he was also called Liber or, or Liber as short for like liberation because you're like liberating yourself to become like your true like carnal desire kind of self. Um, yeah, and the Romans so believed that. that's just his Dionysus's drunk persona alter ego <laughs> so the romans believed that Bacchus operated through inducing a state of drunkenness into his vessels and then this state freed the inebriated from social conventions and allowed new ways of thinking and acting Slay. he was an ideas man yeah he was yeah have a drink <laughs> and so the thing that's different about Bacchus is actually his like birth story okay. he was technically born twice and the first time that doesn't work. <laughs> the first time that he was born, it was because his father Jupiter fell in love with Proserpina, who is Persephone. Mm-hmm. In this story, Proserpina is his daughter. Anyway, <laughs> impreg- impregnates her. Um, so he assumes the form of a snake, slithers into the underworld, and impregnates her. And what the then fuck? Bacchus is conceived, and in this, in Wait, this what's the birth Greek version. He's just born out of um, Jupiter's leg. Okay. In this version, so the, in his first birth is when he's called Liber, or yeah, anyway, for yeah. liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was the he was just known as the wine god that the Romans worshipped um, prior to adopting the cult of Dionysus. Mm-hmm. So then, then the Titanomachy happened, where Saturn slash Kronos, you know, was overthrown, yep. and. Liber was um, killed, and his body was torn to pieces in this war with against the the Titans. Yeah. Um, and so then, with a heavy heart, Jupiter <laughs> gathered up the remains of his son and placed uh, Bacchus back into, like he, he like crushed his heart up and put it into a potion. Liber's Liber's heart, sorry, not Bacchus, put it into a potion, and then gave that potion to Semil, who was a mortal woman. So then um, she is the woman in Greek mythology who was his first mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she drank the potion, became pregnant. She was 
the queen of Thebes at that point, I think, mm. um, became pregnant. But then before she could give birth, Juno found out about it and murdered Samil. Oh. So uh, Jupiter decided to take Batches from Samil's dead womb, insert it into his leg or insert Batches into his leg uh, and sew it up into his thigh. Gross. And then he was nourished by Jupiter for the rest of his development, and then he emerged sometime later uh, and became Batches. What the fuck? Yeah, pretty weird. Stupid. Disgusting. Yeah. And so, Gory. Dakota <laughs> is Batches' son, and Dakota is addicted to Kool-Aid, and <laughs> literally is running on a sugar high half the time. I love Dakota. 100% of the time. Dakota's a slave. Yeah. But so he comes and sits down to dinner with them, and then is like, kind of half asleep. So when they're at dinner, they're sitting with Dakota, Dakota is like, only really sitting with them out of obligation for their new recruit for the cohort. He's like, I feel like I should be sitting here. Yeah, he's like, I'm the leader. Yeah, and so lead. Percy's trying to understand why the cohort's the shit cohort. And Hazel's basically like, well, we used to be really, really good and we used to be really revered. But then like 70 years ago, there was this guy called Michael Varis and he decided that the prophecy of the seven was about him. So he decided to go he was a to... Yeah, he decided to go to Alaska and he took the eagle standard with him to give him power, and then he died. And a bunch of other people died, and they lost basically all of our imperial gold reserves and the standard at the same time. And so that's that. And I, as I was reading it, I was like, I want this story. I want to read it. <laughs> Literally. I, I need to see if there's a fan fiction out there, because it sounds just gory enough that I would be like, yeah. It sounds just gory and just stupid enough to be a proper Greek tragedy. And yeah. then you can repeat it. It's just so good. <laughs> if anyone who's actually ever, like, properly read one of the Greek plays, the, like a, a Greek Greek tragedy... This is a great example. Just someone, just just one person being selfish and narcissistic enough to ruin everyone's lives and create these big problems where everybody dies. Great tragedy! Yeah, <laughs> I only had one more note about the rest of this uh, section and the rest of this episode, and it's when they're talking about uh, what it means that they get to... Are they on the offensive for the War Games? Or, like, what a position they've been chosen for for the War Games? They're attacking. Yeah, they're right. And so they get the elephant. Percy is like, oh, okay, but so like we get the elephant, like that's a good thing, you know. <laughs> and then like Hannibal just yeah. wants to play. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's a good thing. And Frank is like, yeah, nah. <laughs> He's like, oh, so I'm the best. Let's you know. go win my thirteenth <laughs> loss in a row. Yeah, and Percy's like, let me guess. The fifth cohort always loses. And Frank just claps on the back and he turns to Hazel and he's like, I fucking love this guy. He gets it. And that's basically like where it is. I love and Frank. I love that that's Frank in this book is the best. He's such a positive little guy. I love him so much. He's honestly a little pumpkin. <laughs> like, okay, to be fair, in the first couple chapters where they weren't from his, specifically weren't from his perspective, and on top of that, he's there forgetting he's on probation and being like, <laughs> Because he's like, I have out for him, Raina. You're not even part of the co- Shut up and sit down. <laughs> like, he just turns around. He's like, sorry, man, I tried. <laughs> That's Frank. He's like, I'm here for you as much as I can be. <laughs> and then we, I love you. I'm here for you. <gasps> but then when he's like, explaining. 
explaining about, you know, Goldie parents. He doesn't know if he even has one or if he's like a legacy of one. Yeah. He's like, I really hope it's Apollo because otherwise my weapon of skill makes no sense. <laughs> and that's the only reason anyone would respect me if I was, if, is if I was a son or a legacy of that's Apollo. That's another thing. But in the Romans, archery is frowned upon. I'm like, fucking why? It's a long range <laughs> weapon. Why wouldn't you want that? You dickheads. Stop the crowd. They prefer catapults. They prefer swords. They prefer hand. They prefer. They prefer hand to hand combat. <laughs> what? They prefer hand to hand combat. <laughs> They're like fucking stab him in the face. Make sure you can stab, stab. look him in the eye when they die. I'm like so trauma. You prefer. You prefer. <laughs> but yeah. So Close next episode trauma. is going to be the war game. Seems to be so good. We're going to read chapters nine to twelve on Son of Neptune. It's going to be amazing. So you should come back and join us. And well, in the meantime... I will say um, that... Sorry, just we forgot to mention is that Hazel makes a mental note not to underestimate Percy. And yeah, I was seriously. like, that's fucking hot on Percy's side. <laughs> I was like, she's 13. No, no, no. She doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> she's 113. Yeah, exactly. Okay, get your facts right. <laughs> no, okay. But if you want to follow us or see what we're up to, you can email us at dempsnackbarpod at outlook.com and if you want to find us on the Instagrams or the Tickety Talks then we're Tickety Talks Twitters then we are at Pod. If you want to find us on TikTok, then we are katie.demsnackbarpod. <laughs> Don't. Where can they find the rest of our shit? Guys, you can find it linked below. All of our personal <laughs> stuff linked below. Come back next week, chapters 9 to 12. It is Frank's point of view. Get around Fight! it. Fight! Get around it. Man's is a slap. <laughs> Amazing. And we will see you then. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bam, 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 bam,